Hello and welcome back to the World Music Podcast. I'm your host, Will Marsh, and thanks for joining me on episode four, where I'm sharing my interview with musician Chloe Pormorati. Uh, Chloe is an award-winning artist known for the versatility of her creative expression. Chloe's debut album, Begin Majesty, is a winner of both the Global Music Awards and Independent Music Awards. Chloe has comfortably sang in over 10 languages. She plays violin, comanche, and guitar, and writes music in many different styles. Chloe currently works as a music educator, an active musician and composer, and is involved in spiritual leadership as well. She's inspired by art, prayer, truth, and life, and she hopes to leave her listeners feeling elevated through songs of hope, prayers of love, and words of truth. Well, I had the good fortune to meet Chloe uh, when I was living in Los Angeles, and we really connected on our mutual love for world music and spirituality. Um, This interview was originally recorded on September 14th, 2020. The music I brought us in with is from her debut album, Begin Majesty. And Chloe really shares some beautiful perspectives on music and spirituality and its role in today's world. Enjoy. It's great to have you here today, Chloe. Thank you, Will. It's wonderful to be with you. Mm. Well, let's start off. I'm just curious about your musical background and was it a part of your household growing up? And do you remember kind of some of your earlier memories of engaging in music? Mm, Yeah. Um, So my father is very naturally musical, very naturally gifted. Um, He has a beautiful voice and he's known for his voice. So I have memories from a very, very young age of him singing to me uh, lullabies before going to sleep at night. I have visual memories of the guitar in his bedroom. Um, You know, he wrote a beautiful song for my mother for their wedding engagement. I have memories of, of hearing that as a child of him, you know, creating. So I, I have I, I had that in my environment growing up. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And was there a point where you really knew that music would be kind of your path and your way of interacting with the world, you know, both as an artist and as a career path? Was there mm. a specific time where you felt that realization? That's a beautiful question, Will. Um you know, I, I started playing piano at the age of four and violin at the age of nine. And from um, my childhood, I remember that I had a, I had a talent for singing, but um, I was always very afraid to express my voice. Um, in front of people I think it's and I see that with my students too you know I teach a lot of children and I see that where there's talent sometimes there's also a great amount of fear Hmm. because it's like oh I have this gift yet it's too big for me to it's too much for me to understand or I don't know what to do with it I see that with a lot of children also so Hmm. um, there was some spark of, I don't know, some musical ability from a young age that I didn't really know what to do with it until much later in my life. You know, it was there, but 
um, I had to go through some things in my teens, um, was healing from, you know, I was going through some actual physical ailments. Um, I had to be homeschooled for a little while and uh, around high school time. And in that time, I found a lot of healing in music. I started writing music in my teens. Um, I found music to be a companion. I found music to be a source of healing, a, an outlet for expression um, in a moment of time where I really needed it. Um, so, you know, that was in high school, my late high school years. And then I, I decided, I found, I found such inspiration in it. I said, okay, I'm going to declare a degree in music. You know, I went to college to study classical music. Um, and I still didn't know exactly what I would do with it, but I knew that there was something there in music that I had to, uh, further discover, see, see what is there, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I hear you sharing that it was really a big part of your healing process and just kind of your integration of yourself and your identity. And that kind of came before that you thought about career and, what exactly Absolutely. you're going to do it. You're just following something that was resonating with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's, a, that's a very good point you're making. It was absolutely that. And um, I feel very lucky to have found that at a young age, you know. And, um, you know, it's not easy to create a career from your passion, but it's very rewarding. Yes. It's very, very rewarding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to lose from going for that. Mm hmm Wow. Well, I'm curious, Chloe, how many instruments do you play? Um, I play violin, camonche, uh, I sing, play some piano and some guitar as well. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, I really enjoyed listening to your album, Begin Majesty, uh, a lot this week. Thank you. And, yeah, one, one question I like to ask, mm -hmm. what does this term world music mean to you? Hmm. In, in a time when so many influences can be brought together and the world is almost becoming more and more um, easily connected, and, and mm. I'm curious what that term, what, what does that mean to you, world music? How do you relate to that word? It's such a huge umbrella term, you know? I, I feel oftentimes um, that genre is used to place music that is so broad that it in a way that you can't really define it. So oftentimes that genre is used um, for music that is globally influenced, that is not influenced by one specific thing. You know, it, it's, a, it's a very broad sort of genre. And for me, it, it means music that is influenced by the world, that is globally influenced, that is globally informed is informed by something broad, you know, by many things. That is world music, but it's also music. It's not only music that is informed by the world, but music that I feel um, the world can relate to, 
that it has a universality in the quality of the music. So it's not like, um, okay, you may want to put uh, Moroccan music under the term of world music, but world music can also be music that is a combination of things that can, that the world can relate to. Does that make sense? Hmm. Like a universality in the quality of the music. Like these melodies are not for one person, but for the world, you know? Hmm. So there's like an inherent universality in in these musics that we find all over the world and people relate to from all parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really great. Hmm. Yeah, which I think the universality comes from the fact that um, the music is so, uh, it's roots music, right? There's a purity about it. It comes from the, from the roots, mm. you know? That, yeah, I love uh, how we got into that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I'm curious on your album, Begin Majesty, how many languages are present on that album? Um, Farsi, Hebrew, English, Ladino. I think I'm only, I think I'm just four languages on that album. Just four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I find that impressive to, to cover four language groups. And do you speak in these languages? Yes, All these I languages? do. I, I don't speak in Ladino, um, but I speak in Farsi, Hebrew, and English. Yeah. And I'm not familiar with Ladino. Can you share with mm -hmm. who that language is from? Yeah, Ladino is a Spanish Judeo dialect. Um, it's a dialect of Sephardic Jews from Spain. And um, it's not really spoken anymore. It's a dying language. Very mm. few people still speak it. I mean, you'll find a lot of Turkish Jews that still speak Ladino. I know there are some newspapers in Turkey that actually still have publications in Ladino, but it's it's kind of like the Sephardic equivalent of Yiddish, right? Yiddish, which is like German and Hebrew mixed together. Ladino is Spanish and Hebrew mixed together. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. I I learned a new uh, a new language today. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, you know, we talked a little bit about career and turning your passion into something, you know, that is a way that you interact with the world. And I'm just curious, you know, how do you balance all these different roles of your career? You know, as musicians today, we, we do social media, we have websites, we plan tours, we also teach, mm. and then we need time for our own creative process and practice and, um, how do you keep it all together and what what keeps you balanced with all these hats that we have to play and mm. you know at the beginning we we were following just a passion and then it turns into literally a whole business with mm. so many roles and and sides and yeah what what keeps you um energized and and able to to work on all these all these layers of what it means to be a musician it's mm, a great question will and i think it's a very I'm constantly um, learning and discovering how to keep that balance, and um, I've ha I've definitely had periods of time where 
things have gotten out of control where there's just too much happening at once and I'm not taking care of myself, you know? So um, I really, really value um, working on staying grounded and, and creating um, routines, you know, having a solid meditation practice, you know, mm. morning and evening before I go to sleep, solid, you know, healthy diet, um, exercise, my yoga practice, things like this that help, that reflect in my life, you know, just the taking care of ourselves will help also balance the music career. You know, I, I get clarity about where to put my energy and where to not put my energy, you know, that, you know, more specifically, um, right now in my life, I have a nice balance of afternoons. I'm teaching students and earlier half of the day, I'm working more on my own stuff, you know, working more on my craft. Um, I'm still, as I'm a teacher, I'm still forever a student, you know, I'm still studying myself, still taking classes, never ends. So it's just, it's about, about creating balance, you know, and um, I feel that um, maybe a few years ago, I, I was pushing the career a little bit more, the performance career. And, and now I, 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 I feel <laughs> I, I'm surrendering to it. Um, and I'm just creating for the sake of creating and putting my, my work out there for the sake of it being out there and sharing it with people and um, just trusting that it goes where it's meant to go and it, people here, whoever's meant to hear it will hear it, you know. So hmm. that's kind of the path that I'm on. Yeah, right I think it's yeah. never ending that balance. And yeah, um, I, I definitely relate to those practices that keep us grounded and able to show up at our best for our work. And, you know, I feel like our culture can be so kind of pushy sometimes. There's so many things to distract us and we feel this need to always be, you know, putting ourselves out and, and uh, it sounds like you've found a way to keep that space for your own energy and you know balance that and that's a very important thing to to have yeah. not just as an artist but anyone you know as a human being we're talking yeah. about human beingness hmm. <laughs> so Chloe if you could disappear to any part of the world for one month just to go <laughs> and like do whatever you want. I'm curious where that would be, and maybe it's hard to pick one, but just entertain me with uh, one place. This is a great question, <laughs> Will, especially right now, because we've been in, stuck in one place for six, seven months, right? Mm -hmm. Quarantine. Um, Right now, I'm feeling like I really want to go to India. Mm. I just, I would love to be in the mountains. I'd love to be in the Himalayan mountains. I'd love to be somewhere that's very green, very quiet. Um, that's what I'm feeling right mm. now. Yeah. 
have have you spent time in India? I have. Yeah, I mm. was in India. Um, I was in India for a, a Punjabi wedding, actually, <laughs> like three, four years ago. It was beautiful. Mm. Very nice. Traveled around Rajasthan. It was very beautiful. Mm. Yes, I'm missing my annual trip to India this year. Is yes, not, probably not going to happen. And yeah, it's it's challenging. Um, my my teacher was just like, "Don't come," you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Well, now we're talking about you know this pandemic that has really shifted so many things, especially as as musicians who perform and do things in person. And and how is this? pandemic kind of affected your career and your workflow and how are you choosing to respond to such an uncontrollable change in in the way that we interact with the world well first part of your question it shifted a lot in my career and I'm grateful for it you know mm -hmm. I I released this album I was supposed to have an a uh, big beautiful album release concert um march 29th canceled um at first i was i was really devastated about it but then i saw the blessing in it because like i said things were getting a little bit out of control you know i i i was doing a lot i had a lot of concerts all at once um and i wasn't taking care of myself so um, all of my concerts are canceled right now <laughs> in 2020, everything. And, um, not to say I haven't done any performances. There have been some online stuff that have been happening. It's not the same, but still it's an opportunity to perform. And, you know, I have an ensemble of seven musicians and I haven't been able to play with them. Mm -hmm. um, since the beginning of March. So the, the good thing about that is it's forced me to work a little bit more on my solo creativity because I'm normally in such a collaborative environment, which is beautiful, mm -hmm. but I think it's also very, very good to focus on how can I fully accompany myself can I create, you know, just by myself and get the same sort of powerful and complete um, sound? And I love exploring that actually. And I see an opening from that. I'm very inspired, you know, um, to, to do some, a solo project, to create a solo album in the near future. Hmm. Um, that for me is, I think, will feel like a really strong feeling of accomplishment. Can I completely accompany myself, you know, violin and voice or guitar and voice, whatever. Um, less is more sort of feeling. Hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel yeah. that that is uh, coming up in the next year or two, a, a solo project yeah. or album or release? Yeah, I do see that. I do see that coming up. And um, I think it's going to, it's taking some learning on my part in terms of like, also, how can I record myself? I'm not very technologically savvy. So I, I would want to learn, you know, 
how can I record myself? How can I layer my violin, you know, um, and voice, um, things like this, mm -hmm. things to experiment with, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, these are some of the blessings, yeah, we're taking away from this time that we're forced to not be able to work with our ensembles and other musicians and engaging in our, our core, our own creativity. And yeah, it can be challenging sometimes um, because you realize how much that energy is transmitted when you have other musicians you're working with. There becomes this kind of composite form and this energy. And um, to find that yourself is is a pretty deep process. And uh, yeah, it is. It's, it is. it's powerful to engage in that. and. You know, this kind of brings me to one of my questions. Um, your album, Begin Majesty, um, it features your ensemble of seven musicians and maybe more. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just curious, you know, that must have been quite a process to record that album with so many parts, so many instruments, four languages. Um, what's something that was kind of fun or funny about that process that you remember? Um, in the, in the process of just working with all these people and putting all this this huge project together, um, was there any story or experience that kind of sticks out as, or maybe if it wasn't funny, something that was <laughs> extremely challenging? Oh my God, there was so much. It was a huge, huge project. Oh my God. Um, I mean, each person in my group has uh, is a character mm. uh, they're hilarious some of them are so funny like in the middle of recording my clarinetist he brought a yoga mat with him he brought a foam roller with him he had his own little corner in the recording studio that in between <laughs> recording tracks he'd like be in down dog he'd be foam rolling his back i don't know it was just so <laughs> funny it was also hanukkah during the time that we were recording so it was so beautiful like um, we did four days uh, back to back of recording and we recorded 13 tracks in four days. We were ready for it. You know, we'd already been performing for several years. So a lot of it was live, you know. Um, and at the end of each day, it felt like a really strong sense of accomplishment. We would sit in a circle and we would light the menorah. And um, it was it was so beautiful. It was a really uh, spiritual experience. The whole thing, the, the the recording process, was a miracle itself. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I could imagine. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And you know, um, going back to the time when we were performing more, what what is one of your most memorable? performance experience, experiences as an artist? Most memorable. It's so many. Hmm. It's hard to say. Um, of course, I guess the experiences of performing in, in different countries are always very, very memorable. Mm -hmm. um, I had a concert once in Tel Aviv a few years ago with an artist over there, it was a collaboration. Um, so beautiful to feel the energy of another audience, uh, the energy of an audience in another country. Um, 
energy of the audience in Tel Aviv, very different from the energy of the audience in Los Angeles. It's like they're craving the music, you know, they're, mm. they're, I felt that they're completely supporting you on stage, you know, um, they're the more, more involved in a way that sort of audience not just sitting back and watching, but with you, you know, supporting you while you're on stage. Yep. I loved it. I'll never forget that, actually. Yep, I definitely relate to that. That's yeah. for me when I perform in India. There's just such a tangible sense of the connection with the audience. And, and it's, I mean, I don't care if it's five people or 500 when you feel that connection and transmission with the audience that's that's the most powerful part of performing and so i i definitely relate to that yeah it really creates a circular sort of effect like you're giving they're receiving yep. they're responding to you that gives you energy and you give more right it's this yep. beautiful um circle this cycle this connection i love that me too yeah and that, that's what's hard about these you know the live stream is it's beautiful to have this technology to keep us connected in such a time like this, but that is really not um, tangible to me when I do a live stream performance. It's, you know, there is the, the gratitude that you're sharing and people are able to hear, but what we just talked about for me is, is very hard to feel in that space. And um, have you been able to kind of embrace that more? Have you, um, seen any kind of unexpected cool outcomes of being forced you know to to be more online and um, connecting with people like that has there been positive outcomes of, of that kind of because I would have never wanted to do a live stream <laughs> to begin with Same. but I kind of had to so I'm curious in your experiences of doing live streams um, if anything special or unexpected came out of that well two things that come to mind first thing the experience of me internally having to create having to create and visualize whoever is is there just create the the mm. feeling that okay even though i can't see you you're there i'm giving to you um I'm not pretending, but I'm creating, right? There's a difference. It's like you're just creating that, hmm. that audience. And then, um, well, you know, also the fact that you can't see anyone, it's actually more like you're playing for, you're not playing for people. It's like you're playing for divine in a way. It's mm -hmm. like that's who you're playing for because you can't see. It's like this transparency about your audience. Mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting, that moment of your intention you know, when you're doing the live, um, getting past that. And then what has come out of this that's been very interesting is obviously like the breadth of the audience, like you're less limited, right? Because now people, friends in New York, now friends in Paris, now friends in South America, you know, you, you can play for more people in a way that couldn't hear you before. So that's a beautiful thing about mm -hmm. this, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love what you shared about 
creating the audience um, in your mind and that's I really resonate with that and I'm gonna try to implement that because yeah I just had this strange feeling of it's just like the laptops there and and I'm playing and um, that's a great kind of tool that you use there and and mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that sure um, so I'm curious you know when you're when you're working on writing new music or tapping into your creative process, do you have a certain um, method to that or process or is it something that is a daily practice? Um, I know for me I have you know my upkeep of my instrument, my technical work and then there's also just a different process of writing and, and really specifically trying to bring something out and, and put it into a tangible form and I'm curious you know how you approach the creative process and the composition process mm. it's so hard to give a give a solid answer to that question and I'm sure for you it's also a combination of so many different things um, that inform how you compose or create music mm -hmm. um, but I, I do agree with what you said. I think the first, first thing is keeping that foundational, um, uh, you know, upkeep of your craft, right? Because we're the vessel. We are the vessel for the creativity it comes through us, right? It's coming through us. So the vessel, it has to be clean. It has to be clear. It has to be uh, strong, right? It has to be flexible, agile, musically. Like my fingers can't be stiff. It's all... Every day we gotta be working on that mm -hmm. to make sure that vessel is ready to receive. Um, so, so a, a lot of it is just, you know, sometimes just practicing an etude on violin, getting in a state of repetition, repetition, and then in the moment of repetition, all of a sudden, like, like some melody will come. And I, I don't know where it comes from, but you just catch it. It's like this moment of something comes and you catch it. Mm. You grasp that, that melody or the beginning, the conception of a melody and hold on to it. And maybe in that moment where there's this melody about to be conceived, you can't finish the whole melody, but there's something there. Okay, so I'll write it down or I'll record it. Maybe I'll let it sit for a few days and come back to it, fresh mind, and then it will finish itself. Um, so sometimes it's like that, these sort of spur of the moment, you know, when I'm not, I'm not intending to write something, it just happens in a moment of practicing an instrument, or, you know. And then in other times, if I'm actively wanting to compose something, I'll have an intention uh, I'll have, uh, I'll visualize maybe something, let's say I, I want to write, uh, I don't know, I want to write a song about um, the moon, right? Let's say I want to write about the song about the moon. So I'll contemplate the moon, visualize the moon, think about how does the moon make me feel at night when it's a full moon? Like, what is that feeling? How can I translate that translate that what key does that moon feel like does it feel like g minor maybe you know is it dark blue like things like this right um 
and kind of just move off of that. Sometimes it will be from text. I'll take a piece of text. I'll take a prayer in Hebrew and find the melody in the words, right? Because all of the words contain melody in them also. Like how can I bring the melody out of the text? Sometimes it's that too. So many different things. Yeah, Sometimes I, while you're washing your dishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing laundry. Yeah. I definitely relate. Sometimes, yeah, it just comes out of just being with your instrument and, and making mm -hmm. music and something emerges and then, okay, there's something there and then it slowly embarks on the process and and then, yeah, the other, I, you know, having an intention of uh, something that you want to express and thinking about it in terms of music, I, I find that to be very fascinating um, to see how different people translate, you know, an idea, a concept, something from nature, like you mentioned, a text, a poem, and, and turning that into music. Was was that process used at all in Begin Majesty? Was there a song that you had a theme or idea that you wanted to put into music that came out like that? Definitely. Um, well, the whole album is a concept album, actually. Mm. So it begins with the creation of the heavens and earth. The first song is an interpretation of the Genesis, the creation, Bereshit, which in Hebrew is the Genesis creation. Mm. So absolutely, that was meant to be an interpretation on the Genesis, the creation of the world. Uh -huh. um, and then, uh, you know, each song, you know, the next is angels and insects talking about this evolution, evolution of, uh, of man. Um, but the main, main one that sticks out, which um, you know, I, I was talking about bringing melody to text is Elohai Neshama, which is a morning prayer that we say when we wake up, expressing gratitude for the purity of our souls. Simply, it says, thank you for the soul that you created in me. It is pure. You created it. You breathed it into me. You shaped it. You formed it. Um, so that one, uh, I, I sat, I remember I sat with the piano um, and I wanted to see how I can express that sentiment, you know, with that text. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love that, the whole kind of framework that you created that album upon this, from the beginning through the evolution and how do you close that theme? Where does it leave? Um, the listener and you know i i don't know these languages that a lot of them that are sung in so i'm just curious if <clears throat> maybe you can illuminate something that is uh underneath that and and yeah i i'm uh i'm seeing that concept that you put before it and just curious if there is where that takes us at the end hmm so it takes us into a feeling of this never really ends. This is not the end. This feeling of endlessness, because the last track on the album is called Requiem, The End. 
And actually, it's funny because that last track is, I wrote that like seven, eight years ago. Mm. Um, and it's very Mozartian. <laughs> it kind of doesn't fit with everything else. I guess it's when I was more in my classical, um, you know, studies and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, the last words of, of the words of that song is saying, awake, please awake. If it ends, awake, please awake. It might never end. It might never end. Hmm. So it goes to say the intention of closing the album with it might never end is that this whole, everything that we're going through and begin majesty, the creation of the heavens and earth, evolution of man, discovery of the soul, Elohai Neshama that I said, discovery of love, you know, parting with love, all of these different sentiments. I have it written in the physical album, like the guide of how mm -hmm. to listen. Then it ends with, it might never end. Like this cycle, right? This cycle, it just keeps going over and over again. You know, mm. kind of defining um, the human experience, right? Creation, evolution, love, you discover your soul, you know, all of these different sentiments. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, one of the themes I, I want to explore with these interviews is so many of us musicians, we experience music as a form of meditation, devotion, prayer, and maybe even as a religion in, it, in and of itself. And I'm just curious about your relationship between music as a spiritual force. And you obviously grew up with music and a religious identity. And, you know, how has that kind of shifted? Or um, this is a very deep question, I know. Um, no, I so like many, it. So many layers to it. But I'm, I'm just, I'm curious how musicians uh, relate to the force of music as also a spiritual force and mm -hmm. and then how does that come back around to the different religions of the world and the different cultures beautiful question will and i'm glad you're asking this because this is something that i've actually um i have some experience with this question and trying mm -hmm. to understand it is I think we have to be very careful to not worship music, hmm. you know, not bring a sense space of worship to music, to music itself, or to the music that we create. You know, we have to be very, very careful about that, that as musicians, we understand that we are really just the vessel, you know, that it's coming through us. So the only thing on the altar of our souls is, is God, you know, is the divine. And that what we're creating is, is an expression. You know, it's, we're gifted every time we create a melody. It's a gift from the source. You know, it's coming through us. Mm. And that our music is really directed vertically, right? To a, in a vertical direction rather than horizontal. And as long as that we remember that, what, what does that mean? First of all, horizontal is 
you know, if I if you're creating music horizontal, that's totally fine. By the way, if people want to create music for man. Horizontal means like the direction of your music is more for man. Hmm. But I like to always remember that you know my music is directed upwards, is more vertical. Hmm. And when I think that way, it also comes to me from above rather than from uh, a horizontal place. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's almost <laughs> like you're kind of creating a channel that is informing your art and also directing the intention of it and where it's going and it kind of becomes like a, a loop per se. It's yes. coming from above and it goes above. And, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that when it comes from that pure place that you're, you're really just, you know, channeling it, it's gifted through you and then you just also uh, give it as a gift. Um, it's coming from a pure place and it really is, then it becomes world music as we were saying at the beginning. Mm. It's something that um, hopefully the world can relate to or respond to or feel right because mm. it's coming from a pure place of, of soul you know well yeah these are some just beautiful deep um, topics that I'm so glad we could get into today and it's just been such a pleasure speaking with you and, and hearing about you as an artist and, and a person. And I'm curious for our listeners, um, what is a project that you're currently working on or something we can look forward to from, uh, from Chloe, Chloe Pormaradi? Thank you, Will. Um, well, I'm going to put out a music video very soon, I think month of October for the first track of this album, Begin Majesty. And like I mentioned before, the first track is um, about, is an interpretation of the creation of the heavens and earth. The first sentence of the Genesis, um, visually in the music video, it's also going to be a visual interpretation. So it's very, very wow. interesting, the music video. That sounds it's, very, um, I'm excited to, yeah, working imagery to that concept of you know the birthing of creation. Well, wow. birthing, and it's very you know not too much there. Um, working mostly with dark and light, dark and light. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited. I'm going to put that out in October. Happy to share that with you and with everybody. Wow, it's hmm. exciting. Yeah. And um, for anyone who might want to study with you or find more of your music what's the best way um, for people to reach you and what you offer very easy on my website on instagram on facebook just my name my full name you can easily find me chloe cormorati mm -hmm. awesome yeah and lastly what what is just one message to share um, with our listeners and in the world as we're kind of moving through some challenging times um you know i'm up here in northern cal and our air quality is is really 
dangerous and mm. we've been inside for such a long time kind of missing connection and now it's like mother nature really uh feels like it's um testing us here and Absolutely. um maybe just one message that you have as you've been going through these times as well mm. well um keyword is tested like you just said testing we're constantly physical world is constantly testing us constantly constantly testing us can we keep going hmm. can we keep going or are we going to be affected by it right hmm. are we going to be affected by it so um i just i pray that everybody has the inner strength inner strength in their spirits that in spite of what is happening around them um, they can find peace inside of themselves find creativity inspiration inside of themselves and find uh, ways to 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 spread light and to be light even even when it seems like there's a lot of darkness around you i think that is the greatest test right now it's really really oh my god mm -hmm. so much so much one after another a lot of darkness right but such an opportunity for equal amount of light to shine right so uh, oh. yeah well, let's bring in the light and yeah thank you for sharing your light with us and uh it's been wonderful speaking with you, Chloe. Thank you, Will. Such yes. a pleasure. Thank you for your beautiful, beautiful, uh, heartful questions. I really appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for being here for supporting another episode of the World Music Podcast. And I want to share the best way for you to stay in touch with the various things that I do, whether it's a new music release, the creation of a new lesson course, a live performance, whatever it is, uh, you'll, you'll be kept in the loop for all of it via my newsletter. And you can sign up for that by visiting my website, willmarshmusic.com. There's a pop-up that comes right up that invites you to sign up for the newsletter. You get some free gifts upon doing so. And uh, you can also just scroll to the bottom of the homepage where there's a place to sign up. But yeah, I'd love to have you joining me there so that you can be in touch with all the great things happening. Well, it's been a joy once again. And uh, we'll see you at the next episode. Bye-bye.